past six weeks or so, we've heard stories about how after Jesus rose from the dead, he came back to his disciples. He spends time with them, showing them his wounds and eating meals together. Luke tells us that for 40 days, the risen Jesus was with his disciples, presenting himself to be alive by convincing proofs and teaching them about the kingdom of God. And from the disciples' perspective, this is great. Let's just do more of this. More meals together, more fireside chats, more convincing proofs. But after 40 days, Jesus was carried up into heaven. So what do the disciples do? They stand there and just gaze up at the sky. Jesus is, to put it simply, gone. And if that's true, the reasonable thing to do is exactly what the disciples do. Just stand there and stare up to heaven and pray that Jesus comes back, preferably before you have to make any hard decisions. But when we read the story that way in terms of geography, of places, of Jesus was here and now Jesus is not here, we miss the heart of the story. Part of what leads us astray is the H word that shows up in today's reading, heaven. Heaven is one of those words which has so much cultural baggage, it's hard to read it without projecting a whole bunch of ideas on it. Our culture tends to think of heaven as a place you go after you die. White clouds, harps, angels. We imagine heaven as a seemingly endless cocktail party in the sky, an experience that introverts must find unimaginably hellish. So when Luke says that Jesus was taken up into heaven, we imagine that Jesus is going away. Hold on to that heaven piece for a moment, and we'll come back to that. If Jesus is gone, if Jesus disappeared to some other place after those 40 days, then that means that you and me and all of us are out of luck. Because Jesus was around for 30-some years, and if you wanted to have the fullest possible experience of God that you could have, if you want to truly be in God's presence, that's when you needed to be there. So if you died on Christmas Eve of the year four, or if you were born on Holy Saturday three decades later, if you lived on the wrong continent, or you just happened to skip synagogue the day that Jesus showed up, well, tough luck. You can believe in God and you can pray, but you'll never have the real full experience of being in God's presence. We're so used to thinking this way as if we have to be in the right place at the right time to be in the presence of God that we often don't even realize when we're doing it. Sometimes we privilege certain periods of time. This era of time was when God was truly present. You just had to be there. Sometimes we privilege certain places. We have many churches in our denomination that have seven or eight people in worship on a Sunday. And instead of taking their resources and merging with another congregation so they can keep doing ministry, they run the church into the ground so they can keep the building open. You just have to be here. And sometimes we privilege certain people. How often do we have a leadership transition of a beloved musician, pastor, staff member, lay leader, and we think we have to find a new person who is exactly like the old person. If that is how you run your hiring process, prepare to be disappointed. For a people who should be blessing God with great joy, we spend an awful lot of time staring up into heaven, asking Jesus to come back. 
In fact, the disciples are so anxious about Jesus' seeming absence, they don't hear the most important thing he says in today's reading. Jesus says, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. The gift of the Holy Spirit means that Jesus is not gone. Jesus is present, just present in a different way. Instead of being bound up in this one particular human life, the life that Jesus lived, the life that Jesus gives us, is now universally available. It doesn't depend on where you live. It doesn't depend on when you were born. It doesn't depend on any random contingency in your life. And hopefully you can see the irony in the story here. To the disciples, it seems like Jesus is gone, but because of the gift of the Holy Spirit, it turns out that Jesus is actually everywhere. We usually take it for granted that Jesus is not around anymore. One of my favorite examples of this is when people write letters to the editor about whatever is in the news, and they start by saying, I am a church-going Christian, and I think that if Jesus were alive today, he would say this. What's funny about that premise, of course, is that Jesus is alive today. When Jesus leaves the disciples, he doesn't just leave them with a set of teachings for them to apply to their lives. In 2,000 years, when someone asks about the internet, say this. He doesn't leave them with a magic book of wisdom. He doesn't leave them with some rituals they can remember him by. Jesus gives the disciples himself. It means that Jesus is still living, still working, still breathing, inspiring and creating among all of God's people. But the story of the Ascension is not just a story about Jesus. It's not like you watch Jesus being taken up into the heavens and think, what an interesting thing happening to this person. It's also a story about us. When Jesus is taken up into the heavens, we are taken up with him. In the second century, there was a theologian named Marcion who had some gripes with the church's teaching about Jesus. And long story short, he didn't think that Jesus was truly human, so he put together his own kind of proto-Bible. And the only gospel it included was St. Luke's. And whenever he came across a story from Luke's gospel that he didn't care for, he got rid of it. He just crumpled it up and threw it out. And as you may have guessed, he was later declared a heretic. But in the Gospel of Luke, there were two big stories that he threw out. One of them was the Christmas story, and the other one it was the story of the Ascension that we heard today. Think about what those two stories have in common. They're both stories about the relationship between God and humanity. Christmas is a story about God entering into the life of humanity, the inexhaustible life of God becoming incarnate in this one limited person, the Ascension is a story about this one limited person being taken into the infinite life of God. So when Jesus ascends into heaven, he takes our humanity with him. This is not just a story about something that happens at the end of Jesus' life. This is something that happens during our lives, about how our limited and finite lives are taken into the perfect life of God. And this is why that heaven piece matters. Because heaven is not a place you go after you die. It's a way of describing our relationship with God that's unbreakable, unchangeable. Heaven is the foundation of your relationship with God that nothing can ever change. And because Jesus has taken his humanity, his life, into relationship with the one he calls the Father, 
That is where our lives are too. Does that mean that heaven doesn't exist? No, I don't want to get a bunch of emails tomorrow morning. But it does mean that the way we use that word is often lacking. Because heaven is not a place, it is not some kind of reward after death. It is a way of existing fully in the presence of God. A new relationship that's created for us, that's opened up through Jesus' ascension. The creation of heaven changes how we live. Do we actually have this experience of living fully in the presence of God every day? Not even close. But it means that we don't have to constantly justify our dignity and our worth to other people. That who we are in relationship to God always comes first. And the creation of heaven changes how we die. It means that even death cannot change the most fundamental thing about us. Because Jesus' crucified and risen body is in the presence of God. Ours are too. So just as the perils of life cannot change who we are, neither can death. In death, we remain who God already says we are. And that's what we mean when we gather around this table every week and pray for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. That the promised life that the communion of saints experience in God, the life we experience through the gift of the Holy Spirit, life in perfect relationship, perfect communion, in perfect peace. Life on earth as it is in heaven. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Invite the assembly to stand as we join the church around the world confessing our faith